Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to Invasion of Privacy. I'm Kate Wolf, and today I have a very exciting new guest. Corinne Fisher is here. Hello. I like that you said new with such pronounced. Is that very nerdy? New. She is new. N E W new. Not like all those old used humans we've had on. Well, because sometimes I have repeats, but I've actually been trying Mm. to get you on. I think it's been a bit. I'm a hard get, you know, just (laughs) sitting in Harlem. I forget why. I think it's been like a year, though, where like I'd ask and then you were busy and then like it just kept getting postponed. And then some of the listeners were like, we want to have Corinne on. That's like, that's you know, what? we're going nice. to fucking get Corinne on. That's very nice. Well, my pleasure. It's just, it's great. It's great to be on a podcast that people listen to. <laughs> for I mean, for real. I'm just going to play. <laughs> well, that's the funny thing about podcasts is you can do one where literally millions of people listen or you could do one where 10 people are going to listen. Right. It's just podcasting such an interesting world. And speaking of that, you have, I'm sure most people know, but you have a huge, really popular podcast yeah, called Guys We Fucked. I do. I remember when you first started, because we were both out of Stand Up New York Labs mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at first. And I remember, <laughs> <laughs> we're not there anymore, but I remember, yeah, you starting it and being like, holy fuck, like that's a brilliant name. It gets so much attention. It's like, boom, it's right to the fucking point. It, I, that's Well, that kind of goes along with my personality, I feel straight to the point no small talk oh I hate small talk yeah yeah I think yeah because I kind of thought of that title and then pitched it to Christina and I think it, was, she, it scared her a little bit but <laughs> I'm very convincing so and then she of course made it nice and, and about other people besides us by adding anti-slut shaming and I was like oh I guess we should also make it about other people not just oh, so us. did she so did you add that before the podcast started or was that oh, like yeah. an, oh no okay. it was always guys we fucked the anti-slut shaming podcast but people just re- kind of remember the guys we fucked part because it's that's the easy ca- that's the part people want to remember <laughs> right well it's like the I mean the title is brilliant <laughs> it's brilliant and I feel like it's evolved right like it first started mm-hmm. where you would bring guys on that you had had slept with right and we still do that from time to time it's just like we've kind of like everyone who is gonna do it has kind of already done it because it's much easier to get those guys on before it was really popular uh i mean like i fucked mostly comics so comics are more willing because it's just free promotion yeah but people who aren't comics or in my experience the the few serious boyfriends i had they kind of don't want to come on because it's 
like it's just too deep of a conversation, I guess, to have yeah. publicly. Us comedians, we have a whole other <laughs> type of personality where we're like, oh, is that sacred? We'll talk about it. Right. Well, for me, it's like I, I just know myself. I'm very closed off. And it's a conversation that unless I was doing it for the art, I wouldn't have the conversation at all. So for me, I'm not like I don't feel like I'm abusing it or like thinking less of these relationships I've had it's just a way to trick myself into having a really personal conversation that I would avoid at oh, all that's costs. interesting so yeah that it's just it's just like a trick for myself it's not yeah because I I don't I don't really like talking about things publicly but I'm like well this is for the art and this is a project you started and you have to you have to do what you said you were going to do it's more like that that's pretty cool. I mean, do you guys get into things other than sex at this point? Like, oh, does it yeah. go into all whatever you want to talk about now? Yeah, feminism, taboos, uh, social issues. Like we got, you know, we got very political during the election. I know it was really hard not to. Yeah, and well, and also, I mean, like, I just have a really unhealthy obsession with Hillary Clinton. So, what's your obsession with her? The fact that she's a badass woman who's opinionated. Like, what was it about her that really spoke to you? I mean, just like with anything else, for a narcissist, I see a lot of myself in her. Just someone <laughs> who is kind of uh, everyone thinks is a cold-hearted bitch, but is real, really, truly like cares and wants to make a difference, but just doesn't want to do all the handshaking and the fake smiles she just wants to get to fucking work but there's so many other things that you have to do in the way society is to make people believe that you can do the work like doing the work is never enough i'm actually very divided Mm -hmm. on her um because clearly when the election came i was like i am with her right (laughs) you know like i even had like i had a hashtag where i was like i am with her because trump is hitler um (laughs) I was very excited about that one. But <laughs> but um, for me, she was a typical politician in, in the sense of everyone saying, oh, but she lies. I'm like, yeah, that's politics. You didn't say anything about it before it was a woman running. Right. And now suddenly that's an issue. Yeah. Um, so that really pissed she me off. She does lie. And the fact that she does lie, I think, is the most feminist thing about her because she's a woman politician, a.k.a. a politician. Playing the game. For sure. A hundred percent. Yes. I mean, obviously, you have to. I don't want to say have to play the game because I I, I appreciate people who don't want to bullshit ever, mm-hmm. yeah. although that doesn't happen in politics at all at this point. You can't get up to the level you need to. At this point, mm-hmm. I, I look forward to a system. I might be dead by the time this happens. <laughs> oh, we'll definitely be dead. Yeah. Where people <laughs> like me and you who literally don't play the game and don't want a small talk, it we'd rather fucking die, <laughs> are actually celebrated. And because people want to look to people that are going to speak the truth. I mean, the truth. The truth is relative. We all have our own truths, but are right. going to know that they're going to get the real thing from a person. I think my brother told me, I'm going to forget the statistics, but he was like, Hillary lies like 20 something percent of the time. Bernie also lies 20 something of the 20 something percent. Trump, it was like 60, 70. Right. Um, And it's funny because they all think Trump's the guy speaking his mind. And I'm, well, I don't even think he's lying on purpose. I think he just makes up facts because he doesn't know the real facts. So he's like, this sounds good. I'm going to say this. <laughs> like a sociopath oh yeah i think well i think that's why i'm like i I don't know i just wasn't as upset by him because i was like i don't feel like he's doing what he does maliciously i think he just wants to win and is going going to win by any means 
necessary that's terrifying though to me that's just like oh he's just a businessman i don't think he even understands the weight of his actions which is scary but in a different way i think it's still terrifying because someone who wants power that badly and will lie to do it and screw over anyone i think he just wants to win more than power i don't think he like i don't think he really wants to be president i think he just he was like this i just want to win this like it was a reality TV show, but but, but it's, it's terrifying because <laughs> when does that mentality stop? Right? Oh, when never, you have probably. that thing, I yeah. want to win at, at with no matter what cost. Mm-hmm. That never oh, goes. Yeah. Oh, you know what? <laughs> I'm happy with myself now. <laughs> like it's just gonna keep. Like what's next? But whatever. I actually I don't know how you feel about aliens, Corinne. <laughs> oh, I love aliens. Are you into is aliens? My favorite show. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is gonna. This is good. I want you. There's this guy Bashar. He's this channel. He like channels his higher self as an alien. I'm a big fan. Okay. But he Rosebud actually sent me a podcast link that he just put out about the election. Uh-huh. And I loved it because his whole take on it was we are going through crazy times where everything's being shaken up. Right. And as terrifying as it feels, when everything's shaken up, you're able to now choose other things that you might not have chosen before. If you don't kind of spiral into the anxiety, the fear, um, you know, it's actually not as quote unquote bad as we think it is because we are in times of change. And I really loved looking at it that way because I'm like as terrifying as all this, not just terrifying, but just unknown right. as it all is, something is happening where people are really being woken up to having to speak up. Mm-hmm. And have a voice. If you want to change the fact that most politicians lie, we have to be the ones to demand a different kind of person. I personally really liked Bernie, Mm -hmm. but, you know, clearly I don't think he's going to run again because he's getting older. But I just want someone next time who really the bullshit meter is just low. Like, I just don't just talk like a person. Right. And I think that's kind of why people did like Donald Trump, because I think they thought he was doing that. Yeah. But and but he really was. I mean, this is this, he's a rich guy who has no sense of what it's like to be a human in the real world, less than anyone else who was running. I don't know. Yeah, as much as it killed me to watch Hillary lose, um, I think I've been thinking about it for several weeks, and I'm like, I think it was kind of good for liberals. I mean, I think we just felt like we were un unbeatable invincible like it was just going to be our way and everything was going to be perfect in a safe space and no it's not and we've annoyed everyone so fucking much (laughs) that now it's gone completely in the other direction and it's going to be worse than ever (laughs) so yeah no but that's how i felt i felt like my my bubble was burst in a good way yeah i was in my own liberal not just liberal but like spiritual bubble you know like i'm like most of the my friends on Facebook, like their posts are about like meditation and <laughs> deities, you know, and then I'm like, oh, wait, like I had my head up my ass a bit. I'm still into that world, but like I can't deny the rest of reality. What the fuck's going on? Yeah, the USA is so much more than New York and California. And I think a lot of times uh, we as artists really forget that. Yeah, Just- especially because as artists, we're in the fantasy world, our own fantasy world. A oh, lot. Yeah. I'm living in my own world all the time. I have no, I don't even like read the news, but not, not because I don't care because I just don't believe anything anyway. I feel like, uh, I love dating someone who voted for Trump and then my mom. Is, Wait, he voted for Trump? Oh, fuck yeah, yeah. No way. I've been very open about that. Yeah. I, mean, I had no idea. I, I, all my listen, uh, all my listeners from guys we fucked like can't like wrap their minds around it. But I'm like, that's kind of the problem that you can't even wrap your mind around associating with, let alone dating someone who 
who has different views than you. We're in two major things. We're completely different. He believes in God. He has a cross tattoo on his arm. I never thought I would date someone who had that. And he voted for Trump. Like two huge things that I obviously feel very differently about. But it's he's the person that's most like me out of anyone I've ever dated. As far as like just the way we see the world and the way we live our lives. That's so crazy. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I could date someone who voted for Trump, I don't know. Right. You know, that's me saying I don't think, but this is also coming from a person who met her ex-husband on VeggieDate.com. <laughs> yes, you did, Kate. And we were not a match. Oh my God, that's amazing. Wait, are you a vegetarian? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's why you look so young and vibrant. Thank you. Oh God, I gotta stop eating meat. <laughs> you look great too, though. Are you kidding? I, do, I gotta stop eating meat. I've been thinking about it for a long time. I watched one too many like lamb slaughter videos and I'm like, I really gotta. That's what got me though, was yeah. years ago I watched the slaughter videos and I was like, well, this is horrific. Yeah, and I know PETA, I'm smart enough to know that PETA finds the worst one. However, the fact that that even happened one time is one time too many. It's not as uncommon as you think. I'm not saying that they don't show yeah. the worst of it. I don't trust it. PETA, but. But the, <laughs> the problem is, you know, when your job is to slaughter animals every day, you disconnect. Oh, for sure. And you start treating them like objects. So yeah. Because you have to almost to do that. Unless you're like an organic farmer where you respect nature and you kill them while, you know, I'm yeah. thinking like an avatar scene where like you do a prayer and take down the cow. Yeah. But um, yeah, the, the problem is, is it's these probably like really underpaid workers mm -hmm. who just are mad at life and mad at the world. And they're just like, they don't, they're taking it out on the animals. Yeah. Sorry, also, I like, get very passionate. No, it's true, though. I went to fucking Moby's restaurant and I had tofurkey, a, a sandwich, and it tasted just as good, if not better than a real sandwich. And I was like, oh, God damn it. I don't I think much like a lot of feminism and a lot of liberals, I think just the culture of veganism and vegetarianism, unfortunately, is so fucking annoying that it turns me off. And I think that's what people that's why that's exactly what like what I try to do every week with feminism. I'm like, you don't understand feminism, as most people know, it is so annoying. If we stop being so annoying, we can get our agenda through much easier, guys. Yeah, I don't think it's the thing itself. I think it's people who are annoying. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you know? God. Yeah, yeah, people yeah. People can make anything annoying. We could make breathing air annoying mm -hmm. if we started like protesting like, we need to breathe air. <laughs> We just, and I'm not saying I'm not guilty of it. I am definitely annoying a lot of the time, oh, especially yeah. when I first became fucking vegan. Good Lord, I was annoying. Oh, yeah, yeah. That. You'd be eating across from me and I'd just be giving you this look. Like, how does murder taste, Corinne? <laughs> just ruin the fun for everyone. But um, I think that's like part of maturing is like not taking everything as seriously. And like you said, realizing that people are just different. Mm -hmm. And that's what's going on right now is we're seeing these two different realities that people are living in. And we're like, you're the one to blame. You're the one to blame instead of trying to bridge the gap right. and hear each other out mm -hmm. instead of being like, I'm the good one. You're the evil one as if it's black and white. Yeah, it's tough. It's I just I I really want to just sit in my apartment alone a lot. Oh, yeah. I'm a total hermit lately. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> it's not it's not a good place to be in. Well, because I already hated people so much. And then the more that I interact with them, I was hoping I would like them and understand them more. No, just hate them more. Really? Yeah. I'm I go back and forth because I you know, I'm in this healing school where you change and transform so much. But the biggest part of it is like 
allowing yourself to feel all the discomfort Mm -hmm. and then writing it. Okay. So if I'm with someone who's really starting to like cause a reaction in me, what I try to do now, I don't do it to the point where I'm torturing myself, but I'm like, okay, this isn't about them. This is about us, like our relationship to each other. Let me not just jump to conclusions and say, this person's wrong. This person's an asshole. Let me like sit in this discomfort and try to hear them out. And at the end of the discussion, I still might be like, yeah, I don't want to be around that person. Right. But I'm trying to be better at not just jumping to conclusions because I always thought that I'm always right. And I'm not saying that they're there's still a good percentage of me being right, in my opinion. Oh, God. But yeah. I'm not always right. Uh-huh. My son and I are both know-it-alls, and it's so funny to watch us both go at it. Like, Because <laughs> I'm like, you know, Shane, you're a know-it-all. You're not always right. And he's like, oh, but you are? And I'm like, oh, like, like, it's like really. We're you both, created a monster, yeah. We're both monsters trying to like deal with it. Because I'll say to him, I'm like, no one wants to hang around a know-it-all. And he's like, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, shit. I do that with people with self-confidence because I've taken it like a mission. Like all my friends in school, I always used to try to instill them with more self-confidence because I think if you're self-confident, the world is your oyster. And then sometimes I did too good of a job to where they're self-confident enough to be like, why am I listening to everything you say? And I'm like, God damn it. You're supposed to be just under my level of (laughs) self-confidence so I can still be the leader. Motherfucker. Yeah, right? Because I think a true leader inspires everyone to kind of rise up but yeah. when you do that you're like yeah because because shane i've raised him to stand up for himself and he does he's like mom too well to you too yeah no yeah. he does and a part of me wants to be like i'm your mom right. and then i'm like no this is what i'm trying to do is he's allowed to question me mm-hmm. it sucks i have to like look at myself more it's so important to raise a, a child who questions things oh my god yeah, you I don't want to raise a robot oh god yes no that's great but it just it does it hurts sometimes <laughs> when they question you. It sucks looking at your own bullshit. Oh god, yeah. It's the worst when something comes up because then you have to you look at it and then all of a sudden you're like, well, I'm a monster. Oh, well, everyone's a monster. We're all monsters. Mm-hmm. But when you see it in yourself, yeah, you're like, do I call everyone on my phone and apologize? <laughs> <laughs> I can actually see you doing that. Yeah, just like I am so sorry that I'm the worst. But then you'd get the one asshole being like, yeah, you are the worst. And you're like, no, you're the worse because at least i know i'm the worst asshole and just then you accept my apology i'm such a great person <laughs> yeah, exactly <Ugh. laughs> i have that's a problem too if i wrong someone and i apologize and they don't accept it i'm like i i want to like yell at them all over again and i'm like don't do it don't right. do it they're allowed to be angry they're allowed to have the process yeah <laughs> you're very understanding I, I mean it's hard i'm doing so much fucking work on myself it's like I'm in the fetal position half the time having to feel all this bullshit. Oh, I've been waking up in the middle of the night with rage. Really? Oh, yeah. My therapist slash healer today said she's like, it's not just rage. She's like, you're feeling you're experiencing it as rage. She's like, it's also pain. And I'm like, thanks. <laughs> you're pick me up. Wait, is your healer the one that I know? Or is that a different the, the rock star? Uh, oh, no, okay. she's she's is a healer, but mm-hmm. she's not my healer. Okay. I had a healing session with her. She's great. OK, but no, my my healer. Her name's Eileen. I go to this healing school and I have two teachers, Eileen and Jeff. And they're literally these Buddha-like gurus. I call them Jedi masters. Uh-huh. And they just know how to ride transference. They just, they're the masters of being like a cosmic uh, surfer ninja. Huh. And uh, so, yeah, she's good at like, I'll be certain of something. I'll have my story set. Mm-hmm. And she'll be like. I think there's more to it. And I'll get even mad. Like today, there was a moment where I was like, you're wrong. Like I was like, and then I just 
rode my transfer. So I'm like, listen to what she's saying. Listen to what she's saying. And like five minutes later, it dissolved. And I was like, oh, are you saying that the story I've created as to why I'm in so much pain might not be the exact reason why I'm in so much pain? She's like, yes, there's more to it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. <laughs> See, that sounds so crazy that I might be able to get into it. I feel like you'd actually like this stuff. Yeah, I so I like regular therapy doesn't really do it for me. I'm just not really into it. So I always go something like a little bit more weird. Like last time I was having a mental breakdown a couple years ago, I started uh, going to see an acupuncturist, which I it like that's it, pretty great. It kills me to even say it. It sounds like just like the most nonsensical white woman way to heal something. But it was I mean, I this lady saved my life. I Eastern mean, I medicine's the shit. Oh, I love Eastern because I worked at a spa uh, for many, many years. That's right. Yeah, so I'm like really, really obsessed with holistic healing, uh, Eastern medicine, stuff like that. It's just helped me so much. Like even basic things, like I, I had really bad acne for many years. It's still not, my skin's still not great, but it was always these natural things uh, and procedures that helped me. So I'm very, always. very into natural stuff. I get breakouts sometimes and um, tea tree oil mm-hmm. oh, that's has great. been the one thing for me. And like before I was getting some some over-the-counter shit and there were so many chemicals in it i'm like Mm -hmm. i'm putting this into my body yeah so yeah so it doesn't sound crazy i love that you're into that stuff because there are so many holistic remedies that we've used for thousands of years Mm -hmm. i mean the egyptians knew how to preserve dead bodies way better than we do (laughs) they know shit yeah you know and we almost like laugh at it i'm like no they are actually in tune there are so many plants that have vibrations to them Mm -hmm. and then our scientists are trying to recreate those vibrations Instead of actually looking to Mother Earth and nature right. to fix these problems, it just drives me. I'm very passionate about it. It drives no, me nuts. That's great. No, because even like the lead esthetician at the spa where I worked, I still go see her and she's like, don't buy any of that shit on the shelves. And she'll just give me some like flower tea to drink yes. and then tell me to rub chamomile on my face. And I'm like, yeah, never looked better. Jesus. Yeah. It's because it's a lot of it is also internal too. like anything you're seeing on the outside, of course, is based on something that's happening on the inside of your body. So you have to clean the outside and then work in the inside and then work outwards. So and it goes for like even on that deeper level, which mm-hmm. is like hard for us to look at is like when you look at your external world as to what's happening, you mm-hmm. want to like blame it or, you know, make it different. But the truth is, is what's happening in your external world is literally just a reflection of what's going on within you. Mm hmm. So, I mean, that's a lot of hard shit to look at. You know, you're like, wait, so there are wars going on within me? And you're like, (laughs) yeah, bitch. (laughs) I always blame myself first because there's just nothing. Everything on the outside is like knock on wood. Great. Like there's absolutely no reason that I should even be here right now. Like be it in comedy, be in a bad mood. Like there's no reason for any of this. See, I think you're allowed that because look, we're we're humans, right? And I think that part of our incarnating here on earth is Mm -hmm. to feel those feelings, to feel what it's like to be a human and have those ups and downs. Mm -hmm. I think, I think you're mixing up your humility, which is beautiful. You know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to figure out the right wording for this. It's just like, well, I, I it just pisses me off because I'm like, oh my God, like what, how, are you just never going to be happy? And like, I'm not, I'm not unhappy on a day to day. I don't feel like I'm like a terribly unpleasant person. Like I try not to be that person who's like always a Debbie Downer, but like deep inside me, like I don't, I don't, I don't think the world's like a really great place. Oh, I get it. Like you, you're not always 
maybe grateful is not the right word, but you have a hard time just feeling like happy um, would it be? Or yeah, like, no, yeah, I have a hard time like being ha- being happy or feeling like uh, this is all worth it or there's like a point to everything. Yeah. That's a that's a hard. I just try to like do the best job that I can. But yeah, no, I'm pretty I have a pretty negative outlook on life. But I mean, it's not like not like I haven't tried to look for it's the good in things. I just keep failing to find it, I guess. Well, the cool thing about you, because because most people who are unhappy a lot, it's because they're not living like their true dreams. And the cool thing is, is you are like you went for it and it's actually happening for you but i would guess and i'm trying to be less know-it-all-y here oh i know i love this this is great it's nice to sometimes it's nice when i'm also a know-it-all to have so just like let someone else know it all instead it's almost like a relief like you chose what i'm gonna eat for dinner kind of a thing i if you want me to choose what you're gonna eat <laughs> I it will be you. vegan and healthy oh no, that's fine um, as if it. i always kill it i had fucking burger king french fries last night but anyway um <laughs> But no, if if I'm going to guess, there's a part of yourself or parts that you're still holding back, like that you don't think you're supposed to show or have, and they might be very unconscious, Mm -hmm. but I mean, I would love to, you know, I I practice healings from my school and maybe like tomorrow, if you ever want to schedule a session right now, I'm practicing with friends. Oh, sure. So we could do an hour session and, um. For free. And I'll just, no, you know what I mean? Because like eventually I'll be charging in a year and a half. Yeah. Or maybe even sooner, but. Um, you can practice on me all you want. That's I'll great. practice. I love practicing with people anytime. I'm like, oh, you want to wax my vagina or heal me? I'll do that too. I've never done want. it. Let's just practice. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tweeze your pubes tomorrow. But yeah, no, I, I have, I have a feeling that there are still parts of yourself that you're, and this is not just you. Most humans think that we're supposed to be doing things a different way or feeling a different way. Mm-hmm. And there's this amazing book called Already Free. And the premise of it is like, you're already free. It's all our like perspective and perception that makes us feel like it should be different adds to like the depression of it. Mm-hmm. Instead of just letting ourselves feel shitty or feel worthless, like you include it. Like, wow, I feel worthless i'm not going to try to get rid of that feeling Mm -hmm. that's an interesting human thing to feel because i clearly know i'm not worthless but i also feel it's like it's like kind of holding opposites Mm -hmm. is the trick and that's why there are so many wars is we don't know how to hold that within ourselves we're like wait how can i feel like beyonce and worthless all at once that's interesting I kind of like the the idea of like living, yeah, and feeling worthless. I don't, but I know so many people who feel worthless and I always try to like convince them not to feel that way. But maybe I should just be like, no, yeah, just feel that way. Yeah, you can feel it. And also all the other things that you don't think you can feel all at once. Mm-hmm. That's the fucking trick is we're like these multifaceted diamonds, <laughs> you know, and we just have so much shit going on, including, I always say this, I have a fucking serial, serial, serial killer psychopath that lives in me oh do you i thought you were gonna oh. say obsession and i was like i have an obsession i i have that too was up all night <laughs> reading about serial killers the other day oh really oh god it's well like then you real... probably i mean i think we all have the serial killer it's a real problem the th- thing is i am uh very non-violent like i've never gotten in a physical fight i've never hit like i just don't i hate violence i really yeah. hate it no i hate violence too i think i got into like one fight when i was in middle school where we were both pulling each other's hair <laughs> like yeah no i don't like it i don't 
don't like when people use it. I don't, I didn't grow up in a house. Like I think maybe my parents each hit me one time for my whole childhood, maybe. And I was like a little kid, like, and I was like a spank. Maybe I hate when other people are violent. I hate when I see violence. Yeah. I never like I went to a school where, it, you know, and I think a lot of high schools are like this, where when people get in a fight, everyone crowds around and cheers. Absolutely not. Gross. I can't even watch it. It's not cool. It's not funny. Uh, yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I say gross, but then then at the roast battles, I'm like, get them. Well, that's, but that's different. That's a match of the wits. And I like that very much. I think roast battles are great. And I hate when people get in them and don't go as hard as they can. And then also actually get offended. And it's really hard not to. I've been in roast battles where it's really hard not to get offended. I get pissed off because sometimes I, I go into a roast battle. And then as a woman, half the time, it's about how you're fat, a whore and ugly. And I'm like, only one of those three things is true so like just be accurate i think that's so hack to <laughs> yeah, do that it it's is. so hack and like the audience still laughs yeah well, they hear the word whore and they're like oh and i'm like no yeah we don't know we don't do that anymore yeah it's and 2016 like, and also i've made a career off of being a whore like how is that even like uh, jokes on not me <laughs> like, yeah what i'm so over that insult yeah you know what's interesting though with like the whole violence thing that's interesting is like i think we all have this violence within us but not in like the negative way i think it's it's like this animalistic if you look at animals in nature Mm -hmm. you know we have we're animals right so we have a natural thing that's going to sometimes be violent and i think things like roast battles or dancing fucking whatever you know gets that energy out mm-hmm. actually is a good way to not go to physical violence because it's not about suppressing whatever that thing is we're calling it violence but it's really this like animalistic drive in us yeah i feel like i still in ro- i only choose or allow myself to roast the people who i'm comfortable saying the worst thing yeah. i could think about there but there's so many people like the people i'm closest to in my, my in my life like i could never say out loud the worst thing no <laughs> i've ever thought about them because why would i do that i love them like you know my boyfriend you know is a comic and and he, sometimes he's like we should roast him. i'm like absolutely not i could i would never be okay with myself saying the worst thing i've ever thought about you out loud like it just never is never going to happen no. i'm not going to allow it because i feel like if my brother was a big influence on me like he growing up he's five years younger than me and he was a sibling who would say the meanest thing that he could say when we got in a fight and then i just kind of really took that to heart and i was like i'm not, and he's a great person but i was and i we love each other and we're super close but i was like i'm just never i never want to do that i don't know there's no there's no benefit it doesn't make anyone feel better i didn't need to get it off my chest like i can live with it <laughs> like i don't know it just really bothers me no i i'm the same way i i've been getting in this so i want to roast mike cannon yes, soon. i heard it's gonna mm-hmm. hurt my feelings and um <laughs> are you gonna are you gonna be a sensitive roaster <laughs> i'm gonna try not to be okay. i was joking that i'm gonna have like a single tear rolling down <laughs> my cheek um because i'm just preparing for him to say the gnarliest shit ever to me you know just like go hard it's Mike. oh yeah he's soulless yeah so he's going to <laughs> he's already warned me he's like yeah you can't hurt my feelings it's just anger yeah <laughs> like oh my god yeah so um no i'm gonna try to go in just prepared and i have my own anger issues anyway mm-hmm. so if he says something that triggers it i never know what i'm gonna say 
So I'm kind of like, bring it. We'll see what Monster Kate has to say. And now you guys are like pretty close in real life, right? We're close. Mm-hmm. Um, I dated his best friend for a bit. Oh, okay. So, which makes it even more intense because it's like, we both know more than we should about each other. Right, right. Because of like a person, you know, that's not even because of each other. Right. But yeah, no, we're close and we know a lot about each other. So it's going to be, it's definitely going to be a fun one. I'm going to be way more nervous than he is. Okay. I think I saw you at your first roast battle. Uh-huh. Remember how ner- like you, I think you had like oh. headphones on. You were, get, I think it was Danny Palmer. Oh yeah. I, I don't, I don't fuck around with that. Like I act like I'm, I'm were you listening to Eminem? Muhammad Ali. No, I, I, I mean, I do really hack things. Like I'll listen to eye of the tiger on a loop. <laughs> That's what you were doing. You were <laughs> listening to like, like I'm, I don't joke around. Like no one can talk to me. I don't, I always felt like people, I don't, people just don't understand concentration. Everyone likes to talk to me right before I'm about to go on stage. And I'm like, I don't understand. That's never going to be okay. There's a scene in um, Comedian, the Jerry Seinfeld documentary, where he's at some comedy club. And this kid who works at the club asks to take a picture uh, with him before he goes on stage. And he was kind of like brushed him off a little bit. He was like, I can't, I'll do it after. And I'm sure a lot of people watched that and were like, oh, what Jerry Seinfeld, what an asshole. I'm like, he probably is an asshole, but that moment did not make him an asshole. I'm like, do you know how hard it is like to concentrate? <laughs> like, every, I don't know. I'm so psycho before I go on stage. I'm better now because I, it's, it is my job and I do it every night. But like for something like that, that I don't do every day. Yeah. I have to get in the zone real hard. Like, I don't know. I'm just like, I'm someone who like, if I'm going to do something, why am I going to half-ass it? Yeah. Like, if I'm not going to make Danny Palmer cry, why am I even here? And that's the problem because on my second roast, I roasted Lance Weiss and I had just had an experience where he was on my podcast and got really sensitive about a lot of things and I and he were close and I didn't want to hurt his feelings so he didn't go as deep as I should have gone. Huge mistake. And then he went on stage and just tore me apart. And I was like, God damn it. This is why you can you can't never, hold back. ever, ever take anyone's feelings into account. Not in a roast. No. <laughs> yeah, no. In a relationship, in a friendship. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, in a roast, you can't. And mm-hmm. that's why Mike was the perfect person for me to pick to do it with because I'm like I'm not gonna feel bad at all no balls to the wall no yeah and I know he's gonna do the same for me oh god yeah and uh (laughs) yeah no there's no way he's gonna like feel bad about saying anything Mm -hmm. so that's why I was like you know because I'm thinking about maybe doing it with Nathan McIntosh who's like for real my best friend Mm -hmm. and you know if we do it I'm gonna go balls to the wall but I can't start there like I'm like I would feel bad still uh, although I'm sure Nathan would like go for blood so yeah i'm excited to start this this whole roast part of my personality oh god i gotta see this yeah because like at first you know emilio's been asking me to do it for stop emilio emilio's 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 trying to start roast i i have a rule where i don't roast women and Emilio tries I would to get not want to break roast that. you. I would not. I would say no to that. I don't. Do, well, I feel like women are always pitted against each other, and I'm very against it. And I also think that sometimes, like, they always want women to roast each other because, like, oh, that's like you know, train fight or like a training wheels. Like, oh, well, a woman's never gonna uh, like win against a guy. Fuck that, please. I yeah, only no. roast men. I would not want to roast you. I want to. Now I forget what I was gonna say because Emilio made faces. What was I saying before? Uh, you were saying Nathan McIntosh, uh, you're working your way up to unleash this roast battle. Yeah, well, he's been asking me, Emilio, for like mm-hmm. a year and a half to do it. And I was like, I'm too sensitive. It's not in my energy. <laughs> I can't do that, you know. And then I forget how it happened, but I just came to like hang out at one of the roast battles. And I was like, 
I was standing like right by the judges and Amelia was already making fun of me, calling me mom. He's like, look, mom's out tonight. Look at her hanging out, you know, but I I felt alive. Like I'm watching these people go at each other. And I was like, yes. Right. This is exactly what you need. Yeah. And it brought me back. Like when I was in middle school, I used to watch natural born killers all the time. (laughs) Like a little, the little psychopath I was. Lots of, lots of hidden rage. And, um, I don't know, it kind of like brought out that part in a, in a way that was healthy. I'm not like hurting anyone. And then finally, I don't know what happened. I was like, I think I'm ready. I, I went to like three or four. And then all of a sudden, like the performer part of me was like, I'm sick of watching. Yeah. Like I'm either going to be on the stage or I'm not coming. Like I got very like, I'm a performer. Yeah. It's very hard to watch shows sometimes. Even like when I go to Broadway, I'm like, I enjoy this so much, but I just want to get up there. And yeah, we want to get up. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I and then it all kind of worked out but i'm gonna be so nervous before well that's what I, yeah that's what i was i get nervous uh, a lot i have t- i have pretty bad stage fright actually it, for things that i've never done before oh my god really bad crippling yeah real bad well yeah i mean i think a lot of us probably have bad anxiety mm-hmm. mine's gotten a lot better i think through comedy like the first time i went on stage ever i thought i was gonna fucking die how about you like what was your first time i have really i have really bad stage fright for new things or things that i think were important like when i did a ted talk i almost like fainted oh my before because it just meant so much to me i don't have anxiety very much in my everyday life though that's um, great i have what do i have i uh i had a lot of anger probably um when i started stand up but stand up has helped with my anger so much i am very rarely angry in my everyday life that's now beautiful because of stand up like all i need is like 15 minutes a night and then i'm good but i find if i don't do stand up for a couple nights i'll get really short with people because it's my release yeah it's one of it really is an art form like before i'm getting back into painting lately Mm -hmm. but i've always been like that before i started comedy i always had to create art and it's funny how i started stand up and i could feel that that thing got channeled there yeah and it just you know proves if anyone needed it that it really is an art form yeah no 100 percent. the whole my uh, so many times my whole day is going shitty everything's going wrong i go on stage and immediately 10 15 minutes later feel 100 percent better the whole day was worth it glad i woke up yeah and it's like speaking your voice right because even for people who aren't into stand-up like there are ways you know you can write you can start your own podcast but no matter what your thing is, dancing, whatever, get your stuff out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't always have to be art. I feel like there's like ways like, you know, if you're a mathematician mm-hmm. doing that can get like there's other ways. But just like whatever it is you love to do, even if you're not doing professionally, you need to find time to do it. Because otherwise, why why are you even here? Well, there's a book I think I read in college. I forget what it was all like like i remember the concept but it's the art of motor what is it it's, i'm gonna forget the fucking name something art of motorcycle maintenance okay and it kind of taps into that thing in a way where it's like you can really approach anything in your life oh, yeah. with presence and that kind of art form it's really about just being present i know i go throughout a lot of my day although i'm trying to get better where i'm not even there Oh, God. Yeah. Phoning it in. Yeah. You're just I could be driving and all of a sudden I'll be like, oh, my God, I've been like somewhere else for five minutes. You yeah. know, sometimes it's like you feel like, like you're like a ghost watching yourself like he, like you're your Scrooge and the ghost of Christmas past just kind of watching yeah. like your own life play out in front of you. It's really weird. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like I, I. it's very hard for me to connect with people. A lot of times I'll be having conversations and just kind of like fading out. And like the words are coming, but I don't, I'm not really processing them. 
It's very bad. <laughs> I think most of us do that in whatever way. And I think it's, I think the only thing that kind of quote unquote helps is becoming more and more conscious of, oh, I'm drifting. Mm-hmm. Let me come back into my body. Mm-hmm. And I often touch things. If you are a smell person, you could even smell to like get back. Oh, But I kind of touch, I'll be like, okay, I'm touching the table or my own clothes. And it kind of brings me back to the present moment. Because mm-hmm. that's what this is all about. Be, it's Ram Dass always said, like, be here now. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, you know, most of us don't want to be here now for whatever reason. Maybe it's too painful or who knows? Everyone has different things. But, right. you know, that's been, I think, one of my biggest things is working on being present. That's interesting because there's a whole uh, theory of acting that's based on that, that I took one class. Like I used to work in talent management so that we had this client, Josh Pice, who I'm sure if you look him up, you're like, oh, I know that guy. He's been a lot. Um, but he com- uh, created this acting technique called committed impulse. And basically like in the class, you have to just kind of live in the moment. And then anytime you start to drift, you have to say out loud, I'm back. Because cool. you can't be a present actor who's actually conveying real emotions if you are drifting into something else. So sometimes I even use that in real life. Like just I'm back <laughs> like as a thing, which is the same kind of concept that you just explained. So that's yeah. perfect. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm going to be using it. I'm back. <laughs> I'm back. Yeah. And then everyone's like, what? Where were you to begin with? <laughs> Not listening to you, bitch. You know? <laughs> Start again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but that happens all the time. You know, the biggest thing for me is like with my son. Mm-hmm. I feel awful when I drift off, but I do it a lot because he's probably the person who, um, what would the word be? Makes me want to be the most present, mm-hmm. right? But I have to bring mo- so much of myself there for him that it almost exhausts me because I have these emotional blocks. I had to deaden certain parts of myself as a child to survive. So it's like he's the thing that like I want to be as present and whole as possible. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I I have to go. Like it's like I'm like, okay, this was two hours of like being there. Now I need to just like get on my phone, do something mindless, or I'm going to lose my fucking mind. That's one of the reasons I, I feel like I can't be a parent is because I know that I would want to give so much of myself that I would like my own personal life would crumble like that's what I feel like and so I'm always very in awe of people like yourself who can still like really actively pursue their dreams and then also be I mean you know I'm judging off Facebook but it seems like you're pretty bang (laughs) up mom so (laughs) I mean I try yeah I try not to beat myself up as much over it anymore Mm -hmm. you know because like before I was like I'm not doing enough I'm not you know no one's a no one's a perfect parent but I think it's just like if you're if you're there and you love them and you let you know like I I was talking to Rich Voss yesterday and he was just like and we were kind of like how do you be like how do you be a good parent and he's like just show your kids attention let them know that you're there let them know that you love them like the rest is yeah. like we're just all humans and everyone grows up and realizes their parents were just humans and they were fuck ups some parents more fuck up than the than the others i mean i've learned that my parents were like great but they still fucked up a lot yeah so we're human yeah of course and it's only fair to that it's okay that they fucked up in some ways and just kind of like detach myself from that and stop blaming them for anything i didn't really blame them for anything anyway i blame myself but (laughs) yeah alas (laughs) yeah it's just so interesting hold on i'm gonna see what time it is see this is when i when i time myself oh no we're good (laughs) emilio texted me 
roast battle between Corinne and James. <laughs> oh, God. No, that's... You, oh, we're trying to break us no, up. No, Emilio. Emilio, come on. Emilio was laughing outside the window. Emilio just likes to start stuff. Emilio has the... So, Emilio, he was actually... He'll be on the one the week before this one. Oh, great. I had him and Scott on. So, yeah. But um, he's got... as. As you know, he's got such a big heart, but he loves instigating. He loves it. Emilio, I know you can hear me. A little troublemaker over here. Anyway, I'm so happy you came on. We we don't have to wrap up yet, but I really am. (laughs) I really am happy. You're a badass chick. Oh, thank you. As are you. Thank you. Thank you. I want to ask you a question about feminism in your opinion. Sure. Um, So, you know, people have all these different perceptions of what feminism is, and I'll probably have one that's way out into the spiritual (laughs) universe. But I want to hear first you know, what is your opinion or definition of feminism? Right. I mean, I always go back to the the textbook definition, which is just, you know, equality for both genders or six, all 63, if we're going by what I found on Google. Um, 63 genders? Yeah, I have a joke about it. But I, can't. I was like, I don't know, because it was I mean, it was even it was even categorizing homos like homosexuals as a different gender. And I texted my gay friend, D- uh, David Crabb, who's kind of just you know, there's a couple people in your life who you're just like, well, if they say it, it's true because they're so smart and so great at everything. And I was like, do you consider yourself a different gender because you're homosexual? And he goes, no, that's absolutely ridiculous. (laughs) And I was like, thank God, because I was like, I didn't want to be like judgy, but that sounded really ridiculous to me. And also like, it felt like you're kicking someone out of a gender just because they like uh, the same member of their gender. It just felt shitty. (laughs) I was like, that's weird. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, feminism for me is just being the best person you can be and not forgetting that you are a woman or a man and not letting that stand in your way. That kind of a thing. That's beautiful. I like that. Yeah, it's just, I feel like everyone... Yeah, I feel like most people are not the best people they can be, not even like morally, but just like reaching your your whatever goal you as like so many feminists are like, well, you can't be a stay at home mom. Like, I think that's completely ridiculous. Like, no, you can be a stay at home mom. But if you're going to be a stay at home mom, it should be because your whole life you've wanted to raise children. And now that you have the opportunity, you're going to do the best job at, at it that you can do that's feminism to me and being confident and comfortable in making that choice and not uh, being concerned about what society thinks about that choice. That's feminism to me. I love that definition actually, because my big thing is feminism isn't about pitting two sexes against each other. Oh God, no. Yes. No, 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 no. But that's the perception. I think not just for a lot of scared men who Mm -hmm. are scared of feminism, but a lot of militant women mm-hmm. who actually I think just want to be angry at someone or something right. use it that way too and I'm very similar in mine like I said mine might go more into the like floofy out there-ness but not really like I think no matter what your gender is you have both the masculine and the feminine energy within you mm-hmm. you know and that feminism is really about being able to fully express both parts within yourself and not being restricted by yourself or society because of your private parts or you know what I mean? Like just being allowed to go for what you want to go for without being restricted. And it's really what you're saying with the stay at home mom thing is like people should just be allowed to do what they want to do for sure without, you know, people being like, nope, this is, this is how you're supposed to do it. Even on the liberal liberal side, like, nope, like like you were saying, like, Mm -hmm. nope, you're, you're a woman and it's 2016. You're not allowed to stay home and raise your kids. Yeah. 
people can do it's about freedom and choice yeah, yeah. no 100% and I hate that and I think it's so dangerous when fem, uh, when feminists and, and liberals and we're, we're, we're feminists and liberals we're, we're guilty of a lot of stuff like I consider myself both a feminist and a liberal but I am trying to kind of change people's perception about both both those things are like dirty words I know and they don't need to be but I can certainly see why they have become that it's yeah it's not good and I, I and I'm I'm angry at men a lot but I would say I am probably more angry more often at women because I know what we're capable of and I feel like we're consistently selling ourselves short and doing things for the wrong reasons and still a lot of fighting within our gender I think it's shitty like we I don't know yeah I just I mean I've been thinking about this for a couple years like that's and that's like my number one thing with like everything I do I'm just like I just wish women would see that if we helped each other we would be so far ahead we would be so far ahead it's for all of humanity if you really think about it if you want to expand even more right it's like if we could all just help each other and listen to each other yeah and like you're saying expand these terms like liberal should mean opening up choices opening up everyone's freedom yeah it's not about limiting anyone it's about remembering that we're all in this together we're all connected we're allowed to have different opinions i love your relationship for that right like Mm -hmm. you were saying you found someone that you are so connected to and most similar to than anyone you've ever met and yet there are some big things that are different and that's what i think needs to happen in more of the world they don't have to be in relationships like that totally but just not jumping to conclusions and hating. And it's so tough because I'm so tired of having to explain myself because I get so many emails and so many questions from people I know privately and and publicly uh, about my relationship. Like, how could you be in a relationship with that person? I'm like, I don't I've been doing it for a year. And it's I, that's just not it's just not been a, a problem like I don't know. And I have I have certainly have a lot of my good friends are people who are very, you know, devout Catholics or Christians uh, or ha- have very different political or environmental views than me. And it's fine. I love being surrounded by those people. I would go nuts if I was surrounded by people who just have the same ideas as me. Jesus, that sounds terrible. I used to think I wanted that till recently. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, no, that would be the worst. No, and I love I, what I, my favorite uh, author that I know in real life is is John Ronson. And he's wonderful. And he was talking to us and he was just like, yeah, I follow a lot of people on Twitter who I disagree with. And because I feel like in in the world of like uh social media you can kind of really curate your life so that you're only seeing opinions that are the same as yours and that's that's so dangerous i mean just think of you know like the godfather keep your you keep your friends close keep your enemies closer so if you are you shouldn't think of people with different views as enemies but i think a lot of people do so why not at least see how the quote other half is thinking. Yeah. I look at Donald Trump's Twitter all the time and I don't just go to make fun of him. I truly want to see like, okay, this is our president elect. Let's give him a fucking chance. What is he thinking? It does this seem dangerous? Should I be alarmed? Do I need to speak out against this? Is this an okay idea? Like I feel like so many liberals, like even if Donald Trump did have a good idea, they would not be able to admit it. Maybe, you know, every now and then I think he's going to come up with a good idea. Yeah. I think. 
I think we have no idea I'd what's like going to keep unfold. it open. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to keep it open. We don't know. I don't know. I think that's the I think that's the way to live is trying your hardest to keep it open. Yeah. When you try to like box things in and put the labels on and go tight, you're actually hurting yourself the most. You're missing out on so much of life. And right. that's coming from someone who's literally just starting to see how tight I've been going through life. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm so happy. Thank Yay. you for coming on. Of course. Thanks so much for having me. I hope this was okay. No, uh, my was migraine great. <laughs> has finally passed. And I was like, so I, I was like really trying hard to think clearly. And I was like just thinking about how much my head hurt. So you like cleared the migraine away. I did. Yeah. No, it's gone now. I, I have medicine like, if you do want it. Oh, I took that. I took that. Oh, okay. I went on my way here because I want to be my best self for you, Kate. Well, thank you. <laughs> no, this is great. Like I said, you're a badass woman and... um I just love hearing your opinions. I love I love seeing your statuses too. <laughs> and I feel like, you Off know, the rocker. <laughs> I don't know like cuz I didn't I wasn't super close to you when you first started the podcast, but from watching from afar, it seems like you've grown so much from doing that podcast in oh, terms yeah. of like opinions and and you were always into feminism obviously, but when you talk about it so much, you have to almost form it more and grow and it just seems like you're expanding and evolving and it's just really cool to watch. Mm, thank you. That's nice. <laughs> I'm like, I'm glad sometimes you have to like someone else has to say something to you and you're like, I hope I'm progressing <laughs> in some way. No, it's great. Um, so where can they find you? Oh yeah. Uh, if you want to listen to guys, we fucked the anti slut shaming podcast. It's on SoundCloud and iTunes and Stitcher and probably any app like that. Uh, I'm philanthropy gal on any social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Corinne Fisher on Facebook. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming on. And then I have to plug something, but I totally forgot the date. Um, so, <laughs> so for my Philly people, my event Going Deep is coming up. It's going to be December 18th from 2 to 4. Um, you need to get tickets online. We can't sell at the door because the premises won't allow it. Although maybe we can sneak it. But um, yeah, so that's December 18th. It's Going Deep. You can find postings on um, my Kate Wolf fan page whatever so um yeah so get tickets for that they're on eventbrite and then i have my new york city going deep is january 11th from 8 to 10 and i hope to see you all there oh and twitter at the kate wolf if you'd like a tarot card reading hit me up kwolf27 at gmail.com and thank you guys for listening bye